Hey guys, my name is George Morris. I'm the CEO of Century 21 Everest. I've got offices in both Utah and California. We'll sell nearly 10,000 pieces of property in a 12 month period of time. And I am delighted to know one of my good friends, Sam Newell, who is an expert in commercial real estate. If you're looking to invest, if you're looking to buy, if you're looking to expand your portfolio when it comes to commercial real estate, this is the guy to be calling and talking to. If you haven't listened to his podcast, I'd encourage you to do so. It's called Recession Proof Real Estate Investing. It is an extraordinary resource. It is a library of information regarding investing, commercial real estate, and really how to become a better leader for yourself and for, of course, yourself in the game of real estate. So I hope that you'll listen. And again, Sam Newell is the man. Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm Sam Newell, your host, and it is my goal to educate you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. I interview the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they have learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become my goal to help others invest for double-digit returns but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession proof. When you were like 15, when you were your kid's age, what were you doing? What were you thinking? Were you thinking about real estate? Oh, good question. Uh, you know, I, I would arguably say I wasn't thinking about much, but probably basketball and girls. That would probably be about <laughs> the extent of my life back then. But, you know, but I can say that it was, in fact, today is my uh, son's birthday who just turned 17. So... Nice. The question is, 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 is timely, but I think I would, I think I would first and foremost, just say that though about two or three years after that, not necessarily when I was 15 or 16, but when I was 18 or 19, I started in the back of my journal when I was a young guy and I just started writing down different things that I thought that could be really fun to do uh, in regards to business, money, uh, success. And I'm not even quite sure why I started writing down businesses. In fact, the first business I wrote down was a window cleaning business. I did that for one day and said, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had this vision, but then I started and then I had a landscaping business. And then, you know, then I would, I worked, you know, in some retail shops and then it just really opened my eyes to the fact of, you know, we often talk about the security of a job where we can be employed by another individual, but you know, having the size of company even that I have, as unfortunate as, as it is, there are those highs and those lows and those times within the, the market, the industry, the, the, the economy, and you're having to scale back, you're having to scale forward. And I look at the magnitude of impact that often has in regards to an individual. And so early on, for some reason, I see people who think, wow, if I go get a job, I'm gonna have a lot more security. Mm -hmm. But I have found in my life that I actually find m more security in working and building and driving a business that I'm creating. And then I take very seriously the stewardship and the accountability of how I'm dealing with those people because of that. So when I was in my, in my youth, weirdly, I just, I, I, I somehow recognized that man to put my life into control of someone else is really crazy at some point. And that's when real estate and of course, gosh, I mean, you know, obviously we have, you know, a huge organization in regards to both commercial and residential. And it's really where it opened my eyes to recognizing that those 
who may use their job to, of course, go and qualify or to buy different things or to invest in different things is great. But let that be kind of the leapfrog into the bigger things, and the things that, uh, of course, you do an extraordinary job of helping people secure a future uh, from the commercial side at extraordinary levels, right? Legitimately recession-proofing your life from a standpoint of when the market's going up or down, there's opportunity for you because you're not tied to an hourly rate. No, that's huge. I love that. And that's why uh, ultimately, at, while I was at Brigham Young University, I said, you know what, let me take a break from this. I, I'm a semester away from graduating. Let me, let me look into real estate because I, I feel like exactly what you said was right. I'll have control of my life, a lot more control than working for someone yeah. else. Yeah, we always want that security. But the question is, what's more secure? How much more can you work? How much more time can you take on your own? versus someone telling you what you can and can't do. And so mm -hmm. I think we all weave through that. I mean, there was a point where I had the job, but there was a point of course, where investing and building investments, building a company, doing those things take a, a different level of security that where I really you know, navigated my own future. No, that's huge. And you know, one thing, and, and I, I think I told you this and I don't think you knew it, but I had watched you and your organization for years before I finally joined. And uh, you did say that, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> You know, but, you know that speaks to my point, though, is you never know who's watching. Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing that as a realtor, as a commercial investment agent, as you know, just as an investment specialist and, and you as a broker, the thing that's really made the difference is just adding value and, and helping others. Um, and that's what I saw at the brokerage was I wasn't being sold on, hey, here's our commission split. Hey, right. here's here's, you know different ways that that will make you more money it was hey i'm going to add value to your business sam and and i watched friends come and work for you you know uh, doug carey brian burnett trent rogers and a number of other people nick borba whose businesses all went up and also happiness like, and dramatically and economically and they also felt good about the place they were at because i was at an organization where my income went way up and i hated working there and um yeah that's that, the, the ultimate failure, right? Absolute yeah. uh, achievement and success economically, but then the unfulfillment, like which is so much more of a, an artistry at some level. Yeah, well, so talk to me about that. You know, when, when we're talking about investments or realtors or you building your multi-million dollar business, Century 21 Everest, um, talk to me about adding value and, and why you focus more on that maybe than just being the lowest yeah. commission brokerage in the state or something like that. Well, I, I think I, you know, Sam, what I would do is, is one, I mean, I, I think that I would go back really 10 years ago where I thought I had somewhat arrived. And I think there's probably many people that either will listen to this or maybe in the future will listen to this and say, Hey, you know what? I was employed. I was working. I was doing things. I was, uh, maybe even I was trying to you know, jump into real estate, build some real estate, uh, a portfolio of real estate. And they were doing that in 2008 and 9 and 10 and, of course, 11 and 20 as the market changed, made its massive changes, as you said, kind of in the trough of the market where you hit there in 2010. And I, mm -hmm. I, I remember uh, at that point and what's, what's, what's why I remember that point is because I just want to point out that that, that point was a point where I usually am pretty forthright about it, but it really was where I was questioning whether I was going to feed my family, whether I was going to live in the home that I live in, mm -hmm. uh, whether I was going to uh, even survive. 
and I'm a guy who's got you know five kids, been married for 26 and a half years, and I sit back and go, man, those were some pretty volatile times. But what it taught me was a couple of key things, and that is is that everyone was running from the game of real estate at that time, and I don't know if it was out of absolute craziness or really out of sure will and and dedication, but I sat around a conference room table with about four or five people and said, hey, we should build a real estate company. And I had already sold one, but I watched it literally dismantle itself and go to complete, you know, just blow up in smoke. And I remember recognizing at that moment the importance of leadership. And so here's the key thing. You know, we've moved past this industry where, you know, if we talk about agents, commission splits, commission structures, we've moved past the secrecy of information we're even seeing some changes evolve even on the commercial side where you know you you would people would hold on to things hold on to properties only sell it to their people and there's still a little bit of that both on the residential and commercial side but what has become relevant isn't necessarily the availability to the information or the availability to the properties or the availability commercial residential alike it is really the leadership that's going along with it so when I look at the fact of can someone go buy their own commercial property? Well, of course, and you can cut your own hair and you can mow your own lawn and you can do anything you want on your own. The question isn't, can you sell a property on your own? The question is, did you maximize the maximum amount of profit out of the property? Did you, you know, did you truly get the best deal? Did you know what all the deals were really doing? And so again, sometimes we want to do so many things on our own, but what I have realized over my years is that what has built the company from zero to frankly a hundred million dollar company today is you know here i am wondering if i'm feeding my family to now i'm worried about whether i'm staying in a four-star five-star hotel Mm -hmm. is not out of arrogance but out of really a change of mindset that came to recognize that leadership is everything so the way in which each one of us leads through the industry whether it be in my deal is whether I'm leading our real estate company, mortgage companies, title escrow companies, or whether it's, it's moving through our, you know, through the commercial real estate thing is your most, I mean, I, 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 this could be me just talking to you, but I would tell you privately, the only thing that matters is you because the availability of information is everywhere. As you know, there's brokerages everywhere that you could work in. The question is, is what type of leader is going to show up? who's going to maximize the profit for a particular client on what they purchase, right? Who's going to maximize the profitability on something they're selling, who then says, Hey, what do we do next? And someone really having the capacity to navigate and taking it so seriously in regards to the stewardship that's responsible. Mm -hmm. I would just say this. When I was 19 years old, I met an individual who we were tracking some numbers and he said, Hey, stop calling it a number. And I said, Whoa, what do you mean? And he said, you know what, we're going to start calling this a stewardship and an accounting. And I think that as I've moved on, as I've gotten older, I've recognized that sometimes we want to move through transactions. We want to move through different scenarios and we count numbers, but those numbers represent a family. They represent an investor. Mm -hmm. They represent their dreams, their goals, their most sacred desires. And as you move through that process, recognizing that, then you start to realize that on a personal level, it's not just a number, it's a stewardship. And it's the requirement of that is great leadership, which, you know, I'm I'm 
truly, I, I mean this, I am incredibly grateful for you. I, I, someone had heard I was going to be doing this little podcast thing and someone asked who it was. And I said, Sam Newell. And they said, man, I love that guy. Oh, well, well part of, I love that guy is what that means is, is like stepping your ego out of the way and truly leading people from a place of whatever their decision is, that's best for their family, for their future, for their portfolio, for their wealth, their abundance, their future. It is all about making a decision not based on what you want, as you know this, Sam, already, but it's based on what do they need, what do they want, and really putting a priority of responsibility and stewardship behind that. So I know a little bit lengthy, but no, I can't stress yeah. enough of the importance of leadership and where we each stay and spend our time. And we're leading every day, whether it's our children, whether it's our grandchildren, whether it's our spouse, our partner, our lover, and of course, we are leading ourselves and leading others through the real estate process. And if we forget that we have a leadership role, then all of a sudden, then very poor decisions can be made. And the worst ones can be ones, especially when we're talking about commercial transactions and the size of those transactions, they can be the type of transactions that can bring an entire legacy down. So having someone like you who guides them and navigates someone through that, I, I can't imagine uh, not having that happen. And as you know, you're right. You're helping us even find space. Even as an agent, I am, I could go find my own space, but I'm going to look to the expert as I look to you. Well, thank you. And, and I love that you said that because I, I think I get two or three calls a week from people that Lindsay or another recruiter send to me that, you know, they say, Hey, why did, why did you switch to, to Everest? And it, it gets really frustrating because they, they always want to ask about the numbers. Well, what about the commission split? What are they going to offer me? And where's the, where's the, and, and you know, the commission splits great. It, I don't think it matters to be honest. I think if you focus on the money, well, if, if you're making good money, the, the reality, my argument is when people start worrying about, cause you know, we're all capped and doing our thing that we do with our structures. I, my question is always, when did you begin to think so small that you couldn't earn more than what your cap is? Cause once yeah. it's capping, I mean, let's go, come on, buckle up. Let's go do some extraordinary things economically together. Yeah, I, I don't remember even asking Lindsay until maybe our fourth, fifth meeting when we're getting ready to sign my contract. I didn't even know what commission split you guys were offering me. I was focused yeah. on, okay, I like George Morris. I like Lindsay. I like a couple of the other people in the company. Here's the value. There's massive value and, and your leadership, you know, to your own point is, is uh, huge. You know, that's what's driving the, the synergy of this company is your leadership and, and the other leaders in the company. And people love George Morris because you're, um, you know, a great leader. <laughs> I, and, I wish uh, everybody loved me. There's there, I, I have a list of people who probably don't like me too much. Maybe <laughs> I think sometimes it's maybe a little bit of a success. I remember I had a dear friend, yep. in fact, Aaron Richardson, many people know him. He's in the company he said, you realize you have a target on your back now, right? I mm -hmm. said, what do you mean? He goes, uh, when you reach some levels of success, people aren't too happy. There's people who succeed, who, they cheer for your success to a certain level. Uh -huh. Then they don't, they, they don't want you to be too successful. Then it gets a little out of hand. Well, it's always funny jealous, to watch. Right? Well, I love John Huntsman, the late John Huntsman, who has passed uh -huh. away. One of my favorite quotes that he made is he said, when everything's, I'm summarizing this part, the latter part is the actual quote. When everything's, the chips are down and everything's bad, there's everyone who kind of comes running to you and puts your arms around you. <laughs> then this is the quote. He said, I found out who my true friends were when I became wealthy. Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, what a powerful statement that when he became wealthy economically, that's when he really figured out who are my true friends. 
right? Yeah. Can we celebrate the successes of our closest friends, family members, yeah. brothers, sisters? Can we celebrate the success of a sibling who's doing extraordinary things? Can we celebrate the success of our best friend who somehow excels and breaks free from the you know, the chains of the economic world that we often are living in. It's, it's really interesting, man. Yeah, I want to go back to a, a point that you brought up about value. Mm-hmm. I think this is really important. You know, I, I've said this when people often ask me, what are my commissions? And, and I often will, you know, we could say it's a little bit of a sales deal. It's called a level shift. Uh-huh. But really, it's also a truthful statement. Right. So a client comes to you, Sam, and says, oh, well, I could sell it myself. Well, yes, you could. Well, how much are your commissions, Sam? And, and what I, or if they asked me back in the day and I would say, you know, that's a great question. Uh, what I really hear you saying is you want to net the most money possible. And what I find interesting is that sometimes we get so myopic, you know, you, you, if you're, I don't know if you know this or not, I maybe mean, you probably are the people who are listening to, but the red Baron, they believe died from what was called target fixation. Mm-hmm. And basically the gunner, right? He's shooting his gun at the plane that he was trying to hit. And what is believed is that the Red Baron died from target fixation. They got so focused on the target of hitting the other plane that he actually imploded and exploded into the other plane because he didn't lift out of it because he was so fixated on this target. Well, commissions, strangely, are like the same thing. Sometimes I watch people focus so deeply on the commissions or, you know, or the structure of a company, as you were mentioning. Mm -hmm. But, But the reality for you is that if you bring enough value and the focus isn't on how much I pay you, it's how much could I earn or how much could I have this person help negotiate a better transaction for me? Mm -hmm. Or what if I marketed it at a higher level? Would I expose the property at a higher level? Would that then open me up to more buyers, which then open me up to a bigger price? And so is the commission really relevant? So I just would, I would, I would point out to both agents and a client alike is focus on how much you either are going to gain or get or earn or succeed versus, oh, how how much can I save? Yep. Again, you can save everything, but you, you can save to survive. But if you want to thrive, then what we do is we need to look at where is our value in relationship to the commissions and the structures that we earn. That's huge. That's huge. I, I have a good friend that um, I'm working on a, a big purchase with right now. And he was telling me how he, he was going to buy a home through homey or he did, he did. And, and you know, this sure. guy saved, saved a commission, the owner saved a commission and, and I bet he felt great about it. And then my buddy went on to tell me how he bought it for about $80,000 under market. And the guy, it had taken the guy four months to sell it in one of the hottest real estate markets we could have ever had, which was last summer. Right. And then he looked at me and said, you probably don't actually save any money when you go with a discount broker, do you? And I said, you know, Austin, that, that's a great epiphany. I don't think that guy saved any money, did he? That's, um, that's the thing. It, 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 Sam, I know you well enough. And if you're people who are listening don't know this, if you are not capable of negotiating one, two, three, or whatever more percent on the sale of a property. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, you then should be with someone different, right? Meaning, yeah. meaning I know you have that ability. Yeah. I believe a huge majority of our agents have that ability. And mm-hmm. so if, if the client can recognize that, could this person negotiate a better price? Could they negotiate a better sale? 
Could they negotiate when the offers come in or you're putting in a, could one negotiate a better structure? The answer is yes. Absolutely. Instead of just simply <laughs> accepting what is and saying, okay, well, I saved my commission. It, it's, it's a very, very weak and shallow way of thinking and moving through life. Well, it's small money. And frankly, I want the I want the Nordstrom experience, right? I, I I'm not looking for the Walmart experience. I'm not I'm not looking for the daily special. I'm looking for a quality experience with a quality product that is fair in value in relationship to the price that I pay. And and if there's no separation between the commissions that are charged or the comp structures of a company, right? Or in the relationship to what the value or what is done, then the only thing that begins to separate is the commission. Mm -hmm. So the key is an agent, if I'm speaking to agents or if I'm speaking to, to even a, a company is you have to, as you've mentioned, you have to create enough value that escalates and, and elevates the ability to be able to justify uh, the, the commissions or the structures or the cost of what's being charged. Yep. That's huge. That's, that's absolutely right. And, and you know, I being totally honest as brokers and realtors, you and I um, both know that, you know, three to 5% of the realtors make all the money and it's not because they're just more connected. It's not because they're lucky. It's because, because they offer the value and 95% right. of the realtors maybe shouldn't be in the business or maybe are still learning how to offer the value. I got a text yesterday from a, a guy I was trying to recruit here to Everest for you and Lindsay and and he said, you know, I'm going with Keller Williams. I'm going to get, I think it was like three or 5% better commission split. And, you know, I just thought, I was like, okay, man, you know, no problem. Uh, sorry, it didn't work out. But, you know, I was thinking every time I've spent time around the right people, my income and my life have improved by leaps yes. and bounds. Um, or the, I mean, how, 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 how about this? A third, a third of the 550 agents in Everest will make a six figure income. That is wow. a fascinatingly, ridiculously large number when you look at That's the huge. scaling of a million plus agents in the, in the marketplace of the United States. So you, you start looking at that and you start saying, okay, well, what is the difference? What, and you, in your city, who I spend my time with is who yeah. I become. So on a personal level, whether I'm on a social side or even a business side, I am so careful. I am so mm -hmm. conscious of who I am spending my time with because who I spend my time with, despite whether it's true or not true, uh, and people are meaning people want to talk about it, whether it's not or not true. And because it's hard conversations, because some of those people that we shouldn't be spending as much time with, unfortunately, oftentimes are very close people to our lives. Yep. Maybe it's family members, maybe it's really close friends. And you have to take a step back and say, how is this person really impacting the way I think the way I feel? Mm -hmm. and the things that I do. And the easiest way is to all of a sudden you see a teenager show up with the wrong group, the wrong crowd. I remember not too many months ago talking to one of my sons and saying, yeah. hey, you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, dude. You got you to gotta get this dialed in. And, and all of a sudden, he didn't listen. And all of a sudden, things started going sideways. We had a little intervention. And you know, what was interesting is just last week, he said, you know what? I feel so much better. I realized I'm not spending time with the wrong people. So awesome. whether we're 16 or 14 or 13 years old or 50 years old or 48 years old, it doesn't matter. The impact of the people we spend our time with is 
insanely impactful, even when we want to think, oh no, oh, I'm, I'm so strong. Those people won't impact me. Mm. Yep. Right. I, it, look, it, no it, it's just even the fact of hanging around, hanging around people who want to be abundant versus people who want to work from a place of scarcity, total different mindset, total different belief system. Well, well, you know, that's huge for, for us right now. I've been telling my wife for years, I cannot wait for the next recession. I mean, I can, I, I hope it's a few more years out because I'm still saving money. I want to spend time around the people that are excited for it because there are people that made millions upon millions during the last recession because they totally. looked at it the right way. And, and I know you're going to look at it the right way. My good friend at Holmes, they killed it during yes. the recession. Look, we're, we're seeing even just a little slowing, although rates, of course, reduced, went down and we've seen some improvements even. But the, but the market moved a little bit downward in the first half of uh, 2008 or 19. Yep. And, and what is interesting about that is that the movement, when, it, when you are a great agent, and what I define as a great agent is someone obviously who drips with, it, with integrity, Mm -hmm. who puts people first, but the key part of the people first is being a, an extraordinary communicator mm -hmm. and then the money. And what is interesting is that in bad markets or good markets, let's just take the bad market, right? A recession mm -hmm. market or, or a declining market. Uh, you, you move through that and you start to recognize, wait a second. If I, if I walk and drip through my life with integrity as best I can, really trying to do the right thing on a daily basis. And the second part is, is take care of the people based on how I am able to communicate, navigate as a leader. The mm -hmm. money always takes care of itself. I mean, this is what's crazy, Sam, is that even in the decline of the market in 09, 10, 11, 12, there was people who set themselves up who are today multimillionaires yep. because of what they did when the market was making it shift. And instead of turning on CNN, constant mm -hmm. negative news, or whatever news station you want to turn on and looking at all the declines, the rates, the market, the epidemic in all of this is that so many consumers, clients, and agents alike start paying attention to all the things they can't control, interest rates, mortgage programs, inventory, lack of inventory, too much inventory, what other manager or brokers are doing, what other agents are doing, what other what unemployment's doing, rates are doing. I mean, it, and the thing is so crazy, they can't do a single thing about that stuff. Right. But what they can do, they can talk to people, they can make calls, they can know and research every property, they right. can understand their craft, they can become better in their mindset, their emotion, their actions, they can wake up on time, they can spend time with the right people, they can read, they can do all sorts of things that they can control that then when the market's making its crazy, crazy stuff going on, doesn't almost even affect them. It, it, right. it becomes an opportunity, as you just mentioned. Absolutely. And, and you look for the opportunities, right? You know, I'm, I'm telling my investors right now, you know, be patient. We're not buying a lot of properties right now. It's hard. It's a, it's a hard, hard market to find a good deal. But yeah. they know I'm conservative. They know we're not going to be crazy with their money. And guess what? When there are opportunities in the down market, I'm telling them now, get ready. You know, we're looking for yeah. opportunity. We're not going to pull back when the market crashes. That's when we're going to go full force and, and make a lot of money and, and get a lot of safe investments for our investors. But it's all about the right attitude and then hanging around the right people. Tell me this, George. But, um, to, but, but, to, but to your point, Sam, one of the things uh -huh. I appreciate, again, is 
doing the right thing. Meaning it, it would be great that you go out and sell who knows how many different properties, right? But you know as well as anybody that so much of specifically commercial real estate is about not necessarily even what you buy, it's what you buy it for, right? Those mm -hmm. terms, those conditions, that yep. pricing is a critical component to when the years are down the road, you look back with their basis, they look back at their profit, they look back at where they are, and all of a sudden they're like, man, I am glad I listened to that guy. Yep. That's, that, that is worth the dollars that will ever be paid. Oh, yeah. That's the beauty of, of leadership and paying for it. So yep. different than the attorney, the attorney who charges 200 bucks an hour and the attorney, I have attorneys in San Francisco that I pay $1,475 an hour. <laughs> and when I talk to them, the moment they say, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, whoa, whoa, don't do that. That costs me money. I mean, joking, <laughs> right? I mean, they, I mean, my point is, is that, that for basically 1500 bucks an hour, I want their expertise. I want their leadership. I want their opinion. Mm -hmm. I want their written opinion. And it means the world to me as I navigate through my my world, my businesses, my economics, yep. because I want to have the right leaders involved and it is worth it economically to pay for it because the value that I get back in return. No, that's huge. And you know, some of my best investors, they never ask how much I make. They never ask what the commission is. And I've got a seminary teacher who had a little bit of money and, and did a great job saving his money for 30 years and we turned that into two properties, two rental properties, increased his cash flow by, by double. And this right. year he sold both of those, doubled his money and doubled his cash flow again. He's never asked how much I make. He's always just appreciated the value. Um, we're good friends now. And, and it's fun working with people that understand that. But, you know, the question I have for you is what, what big mistakes do you think people are making now that could hurt them? if the next downturn happens, let's say in six months from now or after the next election, investment wise, business wise, um, what, what can we help our listeners avoid? Yeah. Well, I, I th I've mentioned a couple of them, but I'll just repeat a couple of them very, 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 very quickly. And the first one I would just say is get yourself around the right people, mm -hmm. right? They always talk about have a great accountant, have a great attorney, have a great real estate agent, have right. But but really looking at that and recognizing, man, if I put the right people around me who are there to help me move through the life that I'm trying to create, to help mentor me, coach me, train me, I mean, through the whole yeah. thing, whether I'm an agent, whether I'm a potential client, that is the market is making it shift, put the experts around you, right? The, the second thing I would tell any consumer and client is stop paying attention to what the news is saying. Here's what was interesting. I, I, here's a good point. I, I think there's four types of markets that I always talk about. I, 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 no, I didn't read this in an economics book. I didn't read this when I was in, you know, up at the U uh, doing my school stuff. I know I, 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 this is just me. I've watched markets that go up. That seems pretty common sense. I've watched markets that go down. That seems pretty common. Mm -hmm. We've seen flat markets where nothing's happening at all. But here's the most difficult market, a market that is transitioning. Mm -hmm. And the opportunities are in the transitions, I believe, are at the highest. So not having the experts. So a prime example would be that back in 2009 and 10, people would say, yes, but I'd look at this. They'd look at the sales and they would say, well, but two months ago, my, my, my friend, my buddy down the street sold his home or his property for this or that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. 
But what was really interesting is that what you found is that appraisers started doing back in that day is they started looking not at the solds as much, not even at the under, uh, not even at the list just li or the listed properties. They started looking at properties that had gone under contract. And what they realized is this, is that the properties, once they went under contract, were selling within two to 3% of the listed prices of those properties. So what's interesting is the homes in 09 and 10, it had nothing to do with the listed homes, nothing to do with the sell, sold properties. It had to do with what was going in and put under contract. Yeah. And so as you move through the marketing, whether it be you know the commercial properties, whether it be the multifamily, whatever it may be, you start recognizing that, man, I better put the right leadership around me instead of listening to the news better listen to someone I put around me. So yeah. one, I would say, number one, put someone like you around them. Uh, number two, I would say, stop paying attention to the stuff that makes no sense that you have no control over. And then number three, what I would say is have enough vision to see what is possible over time. Mm -hmm. The great tragedy of wealth is that we deeply underestimate what can happen in a year or two. But by the snap of our fingers, it seems like, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years passes away. And so we never jump into the river of real estate. Mm -hmm. So the key thing I would recommend to, a, to any, any person, as I say it to my own children, your most important thing is to find one piece of property every single year that you buy, whether that be the home you live in or the home you rent or the duplexes, the triplexes, the eightplexes, or even getting part and being part of even the, the multifamily or commercial yeah. side of industrial to you name it. Right. Make sure you're a part of it. Those three things, the right people pay attention to the right things and jump into the river of real estate because in the end, homes are going to be bought and sold. Commercial buildings are going to be bought and sold and the time is right if you have the right people around you and you're paying attention to the right stuff. You know, I, I love that you said that. Um, that's huge. I bought a duplex in, I think it was 2014. We moved into it. We, we had a $300 a month payment after our, our renters paid their, their share. But within a year, we were buying another house because I saw an opportunity. My point, man. We just sold that and we made $100,000 when we sold it. We, we put 15000 into it. So yeah, buy properties. It didn't make a lot of sense. My wife was pissed. We had to move again. But um, she sure was happy when we got that check last week for 100000 after sitting on it for just a couple of years. Oh, yeah, um, it's great. That's a great point. Buy real estate, buy smart real estate, be conservative, but, but keep buying. It's always going to come back up. You know, I, I really appreciate you being on, George. Tell me this. Um, what, how can we promote Century 21 Everest? What can our listeners do? I mean, if they're looking to get in real estate, obviously come talk to Lindsay, come talk to our recruiters, our brokers. I'm happy yeah, to help people. Um, but what else? Uh, you have brokerages in California. I know I have a lot. We do. Of so yeah, we have we have operations all through Ventura County in Southern California and North LA. Uh, of course, we've got offices uh, from Centerville to uh, Salt Lake City area to the uh, Midvale to down into the Draper and uh, the Orem corridor, and then of course down all the way down into St. George. But I think that the thing to, to recognize, you know, from the standpoint of the beauty of just simply, you know, you've done this enough to where you've had, you know, people you care about, people that you love, people you see have a talent. And, and, I, and what I mean by that talent is that you have a real desire to help people elevate their lives. 
Mm-hmm. And, and if we talk about the assembly of what I always say, which is the greatest gathering of real estate professionals the world has ever seen, I deeply believe that is that continues to assemble. It's people who have a priority within their lives. Yes, to make a great living, but that's not what really drives the ones who make the big dollars. Mm-hmm. It's their drive to help people. Mm-hmm. Because once you get enough money, if you would say, to take care of some basic bills, what's the driving force to get you to the next level. The one that I have seen over and over again is sustainable, which is their desire to help people. Yeah. And I think real estate, as I have found over the years, is one of the more extraordinary things to do. So, right, of course, whether it's speaking with Lindsay and our recruiting team, uh, one of our managers, or just even calling our, our main office, right, at 801-449-3000, and spending some time with, with one of our key leaders. Uh, and then from that standpoint, the other counsel I'd give is, in, in closing, I would just say that how important it is that so many of us have given up over our lives at different points in times on our dreams. And, you know, you, you think about a, a young child, a, a, you know, a, a son or daughter of yours, or, you mm-hmm. know, maybe a kid who's eight, 10, 12 years old, and you say, hey, what's your dream? And they always say things like, I'm going to be an NBA player. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be a football player. I'm going to go to the moon. I'm going to be an astronaut. And they have all these dreams that you're just like, wow, that would be so cool. Mm -hmm. And then what's interesting is life starts to kind of hit on you. And it starts to deplete you of possibility and opportunity. And I think the challenge that I would make to people is that your current circumstances do not equal your future. That if you have either been in a difficult situation, that does not equal your future. If you're in a really tough situation now, look, 10 years ago this month, I was sitting there wondering, questioning, truly. uh, I was turning in cars into the BMW dealership. I was having the the, the defaults on the house. I I look back over that time, I go, that seems so far away. But the reality is it was so ruthless at that moment Mm -hmm. that I thought this is going to last forever. And here I am 10 years later, flew in today, first class, and I was bugged by the distance from the guy from in front of me going, wow, perspective life, is, what the perspective life is, say, yeah. not out of any arrogance going, man, I was worried about feeding my family and thinking that was going to be how life would be forever. Right. And now I'm bugged by my distance to the next seat in front of me in first class. Like, yeah. like what are we thinking? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, how dumb is that that I'm even thinking that? But what it makes me remember is don't ever forget where I was. And so again, our current circumstances, good or bad, don't always last forever. So, so the key to everything is to not lose sight of your dreams and your goals. And I know that people that you work with, and I've worked over the years, Sam, that they become pessimistic. Uh, they become uh, really focused on what the government's doing. They, they get real uh, dis- dis- discouraged by maybe their employment, maybe their job, maybe their path. And I think what you bring to people, why I'm saying this and making this really a passionate message, because what you bring to people is a possibility. You you bring a possibility of a path that could bring them their dreams. The ones they forgot about when they were in their 20s that said, man, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to make it this big and I'm going to have this and I'm going to help my family and I'm going to go on trips and I'm going to see the world and, and I'm going to give away all this money and I'm going to help lots of people. And they forgot about all that. Well, the thing yep. I think that's more important than just, Hey, here's Sam. I'm going to help you sell some, buy some real estate. It's wait, here's Sam. Who's going to help you chart a path 
to live your dreams. Here's Sam who gets to help you chart a path to, to living the dreams that you so wanted and maybe had lost hope on. Mm-hmm. And granted, we know there's those people you work with that are doing extraordinary things already in real estate. Mm-hmm. There's people going to listen to this and go, oh, well, I don't know if it's for me. You know what? You don't know that until you find out from a great leader like you what's possible. Here's the cool part. If they meet with you, they find out whether they can or can't. Okay, maybe the timing's not right. But now what you do is to begin to coach them to, to, to help them navigate that maybe it's not this year, but it's next year. Maybe it's not this year, but maybe within two years. And all of a sudden you help them navigate a path because of who you are to help them see the path of living their dreams, to having a great retirement, to having a great life, to you know, not being the, the greeter at Walmart because they don't have enough money with their social security. And that's not a, yeah. that's not a hit on anybody. It's the fact that no one showed some of these people a path. And we live in the greatest country that has ever been created that has given, gives more opportunity than anyone that could ever imagine. And then we still have people that are not making it and living their dreams. It is unbelievable to me that that's happening. So you know, that's, you, my, that's, my, that's my closing comment. No, live your dream, you man. Live thank it. For that. And let someone like you, who is an expert, help you navigate and find the path to finding it. Well, I'm going to put that back on you. Have them come to Everest and, and come to the trainings and, and get inspired and yes. hang around the right people, right? You know, and, and that's, this is, we sell real estate here. It's, it's not overly exciting. You know, I, selling real estate is fun to me, but, but being around people like you, like Lindsay, like, you know, all the brokers here, um, Rick Bentley's fun guy to hang out with. And, and um, right. that's how people. Well, they're, they're also, everyone's so passionate about it because yep. It's more than just did you sell a home. It's you're helping yep. someone live their dreams. And, and, and you know, the most rewarding moments, right, are when people have given up on their dreams. Mm-hmm. And then you step in and shine some light on the dream and shine a lot of light on a path to get there. All of a sudden, some re, you know, we're renewed. We feel a little bit positive. All of a sudden, we see some possibilities. And we start recognizing, wait a second, I can do this. Whether yeah. it's selling real estate or whether it's buying real estate, it's, it's possible. No, you and John awesome. Syatt, fun guys to hang out with. I'm glad I got to know him a little bit more in Vegas. You know, what's interesting is, is it, it's really about hanging around the right people. I, I've sponsored a foreign exchange student to come out here and his goal was just get to America. He's a buddy from my mission, so I paid for him to get out here and, and now he's selling door to door, selling pest control, making more money in one summer that he thought he could ever, ever, you can't even fathom how much awesome. how much money he's making it. So much fun, um, and I think you're similar to me. You you just enjoy watching people succeed. Love, and, but and it's 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 like a, it is literally like dopamine drug. <laughs> like I love seeing it happen. I I love people breaking through and seeing yep. the smile and the joy and the peace, knowing yeah. that I'm they're charting their history, their, their story, yep. their legacy. I was on an appointment yeah. with Eric Brown here. Um, I don't know how long he's been an agent, but you know, he said, "Hey, a year or two." Right, a year or two. So he gives me a lead. He said, "Hey, call this person. I don't, I don't have the confidence to uh, to close him." I said, "No, you call him. Set up an appointment for me. Tell him you've got a partner. Your business partner sold fifty million in real estate last year, and they're going to come meet with you." He said, "Okay." So he sets the appointment. We go. And it was so fun watching how excited he got. Um, the deal may or may not work out, but I showed him, we actually turned it into possibly three deals just by meeting with this gal and him 
learning a little bit. And that to me, I, I don't Love even that. know if we're going to get a commission, but it was worth just driving up to Bountiful with Eric, showing him what's possible. And that's really, really fun. You know, and our investors, great. Great. So, so Lyndon and I have a goal to my business partner, we'll have a billion dollars under management by 2029. The only I have no way doubt. to do that. I believe you're going to do that. Yeah, the, the only way we'll do that is by being extremely, to your point, having extreme integrity and helping as many people as we possibly can. And, and I, yeah. you know, Zig Ziglar said, you can get anything you want in life if you, if you help other people get what they want. And that's huge. And, and I'll close with that. And, and one thing I wanted to do really quick is Century 21, 21 Everest. It's in Utah, California. Um, George and John, um, you guys are fantastic individuals. Everyone else here, I, I just love. Um, really quick, George, can you introduce your company just the way that you would want it pitched, introduced at the beginning of my, of my show so that I can do that? Once we get off the call, I'll, I'll introduce it as well. Yeah, you bet. Uh, what I would start off with is, of course, we're in the real estate business of both commercial and residential. And what I love about our company is the fact that here we are nearly 1,100 agents strong between Utah and California. We will pay out in commissions of nearly $100 million. We will sell nearly $3.2 billion worth of real estate. And it is an incredible assembly of some of the greatest real estate professionals that I have ever had the chance to meet. And what I love about our company is that it really has become a personal development company. Mm -hmm. And yes, that happens to sell real estate. But the thing that I am always most concerned about in any individual who is leading out in our marketplaces, if I'm talking and speaking directly to the agents and of the agents, is that I am so much more concerned with who you are becoming in the process versus how much money you will earn. Because as we become more, we will earn more. As we become a better leader, as we become more uh, strong in our mindset, our belief systems, our confidences, our skill sets, and our personal disciplines of our life with the business, within the business and outside of the business, then as we become more, the real estate process becomes a very easy process. So as we develop, as we become more, then the fun part is, is we help more. And in simple terms, I love it as I realized this years ago, the real question that I always love to ask an individual is simply this, how can I help you? And that if I am able to do that, that is a great day. And sometimes the best answer that I may have to give is that I can't, but I'll find someone who can. And I think that that, again, is the, the mode of who we are as a company of building the right integrity, taking care of the people. And as you said with Zig Ziglar, the money begins to take care of itself. Help enough people, you'll get inevitably what you want. It's huge. That's huge.